0: Hello, welcome to episode number four of the Cloudy with a Chance of Racing podcast. I'm Braxton, Dylan, Jake with me here tonight. Steve is on a very well earned vacation. He did send us his pick for this week, uh, but aside from that, we won't be hearing from him uh, until next week. So uh, we uh, can't wait to get him back. But guys, uh, welcome in. And how about uh, this last weekend of uh, triple header racing in Las Vegas?
1: I got to say this, it, it started out, uh, you know, with Kyle Busch going back to victory lane in the trucks, and it made you think, you know, when whenever, you know, a, a driver in Cup, you know, does a triple header, uh, there, there's a possibility of a sweep in, in uh, the next two, Xfinity and, and Cup will get to, um, Kyle Busch did not win, but overall it was a, pretty fun weekend of racing it's always nice when you get you know all three series in one location
2: yeah and I think it, it was fun um to see Cal race in all three series for the weekend um he's kind of gotten away from doing that as much as he used to uh but when is his hometown track he always tries to make sure to do that. It was weird seeing him not in the typical Xfinity car that Busch usually drives. Uh it was weird seeing him in something other than his typical, you know, all black Toyota or something like that. Uh but yeah, I thought it was a fun fun weekend. Um we're on the last leg now of the, the West Coast swing as well.
0: 100 percent it's interesting you mentioned uh, kyle bush right off the bat there jake because that's one of the guys i wanted to mention here that he dominated the truck race uh, he was up front seeming all seemingly all night long on friday night and then saturday and sunday seemed like he just didn't have the equipment underneath him uh and and i think especially with the uh his first ride and uh, with collard racing in the xfinity series uh it's a good barometer to show you where that college racing equipment is now that, you know, AJ Almendinger is in the cup series full time. Uh, it's, I think it's good for college to kind of see where they're at, uh, in this 2023 season with a guy like Kyle Busch in their car. And unfortunately for Matt college, they did not get a trophy on Saturday.
1: They didn't. And, And you're exactly right. Because, you know, we, we've seen Kyle in the Xfinity series, win tons and tons of races, uh, whenever you know he was doing that on the regular but in it was interesting in the cup race after the win last week i mean he was the odds-on favorite uh to win all, all the way headed up until the green flag and just right from the start it they're just in that number eight ausco car there just wasn't something right and uh he kind of floated around right inside the top 10 and then ended up finishing in the right in the teens and he was around that you know early uh, lower teens all race but that that is that was one of my kind of surprises of the weekend um i thought for sure at least a top 10 out of Kyle Busch um especially with the way you know Chevy's like it was mainly Hendrick the dominance but um that was a surprise but in and uh, Kyle Busch's teammate too Austin Dillon you seemed to oh struggle the whole no. race. Yeah, you. I mean,
0: train wreck of a race for the three team.
1: Yeah, so it that team was just just a little off this weekend in our RCR.
0: Yeah, and that was, I think,
2: one of the bigger surprises too, is that that was the one felt like the one Chevrolet team that was struggling uh, was was RCR, which just dominated really the the last couple weeks. I mean, I mean, had as much speed as any other Chevy team. To start the year, so that was a big surprise, and you know, I'm, I'm sure we're going to get to it, but there were, I think, a lot of surprises. I think um, we got a good barometer for the rest of the season, uh, well, at least the first half of the season. You know, who's got the strength right now? I think you know, Hendrick really showing out, and then the big surprise to me is just the Ford struggling like they did there
0: 100%. So, we mentioned a couple times the Hendrick domination, Kyle Busch uh, not doing so well, but Kyle Larson. Uh, up front all day, along with uh, teammate Alex Bowman and his other teammate who won the race, William Byron. Um, it, I guess you get safe to say that if Chase Elliott was in that in, in the nine car, that he would have been up front, too. Um, they just were the class of the field. And, and it wasn't like they were, you know, it didn't seem like they did anything like radical with any pitch strategy or whatever. They just came out and flat out ran better than everybody.
1: They, uh, right from the start, I mean, Logano on the pole.
0: I think Logano led like seven laps.
1: Yeah, and just taking over, and then it was it was a well. I'll say this: um, you know, Hendrick dominated. I thought it was a well-deserved win for William Byron in the way that shook out at the end when Larson was leading, and then the late caution, questionable caution, but I'm sure we'll get to that. But, but overall. A one, two, three, and uh, it was what I mean. What what more can you say? You know, what Byron led 176 laps, won the stages. Um, Oh, the racing itself. You know, they the Hendrick cars are up front like that. I thought it was pretty good racing. A little further back in the pack, kind of all day. And and I'll give credit to Fox. They they were really showing a lot of. You know, racing back in the pack, and, and it, it was fun. That the last restart in overtime was a lot of fun. The whole the whole bottom of the top ten, I felt like got all mixed up uh, with that restart, and you had some surprises there, surprising results. But overall, uh, hats off to Hendrick and that <laughs> to see a team all three dominate like that. All the other teams in that garage probably
2: are worrying right now yeah definitely and you have one of their better drivers not even you know racing in in chase elliott so that was that was a you know just a, a beatdown. and i think one of the things that surprised me the most is you know they separated themselves deep in a run they just seemed so much faster to keep their speed i mean you're looking at you know intervals they were way out ahead of everyone else at the end of long runs and, um, you know, it looked like maybe some of the Toyotas could compete early on, but it was just all, all Hendrick at the end. Um, it almost seems like I, I saw of William Byron's wins outside of the Daytona win, he basically dominates the races on his wins. I was at the Martinsville win and he won early last year. Absolutely. You know, hand everyone their butts then. Um, so it's, it's funny how some drivers it's like, they don't ever win close races, but if they're going to win, they'll
0: whip the whole field <laughs> you know so compare this to last year's vegas uh spring race william byron didn't back into this one is that what we're saying
2: yes absolutely <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I noticed it was interesting in uh, qualifying that in the first round of qualifying kyle larson laid down a pretty monster lap it was like a 29 26 or something like that and everybody's like holy crap that thing is fast Then he wasn't able to back it up in the second round. Whereas Joey Logano laid down an even crazier lap. It was like 27.0 something or 27.1 or sorry, 29.0 or 29.1. It was ridiculously fast to win the pole. Mm -hmm. And then he fell like a rock. And and to your point, like the Fords, I think I read earlier that Logano led the first seven laps. Then Brad Keslowski led twice for a total of five laps, I think in the midst of pit stops. No other Fords led for the entire race.
1: <laughs> it, it was, I remember texting you guys on Sunday because we all thought, you know, b- between Logano and Blaney, especially, you know, with their Pennzoil 400 and the Pennzoil sponsorships. They, it's ooh, happened
0: multiple times in the past that they ha- have won the Pennzoil race.
1: It, it it always seems to happen. And then um, I'm like, wow. I mean, right off the bat, they just struggled. And then, poor Braxton, you, you picked Joey and he ends up, you know, on a day where he's out first. Uh, so that, that, that's a tough one, but I mean, heading in, you would have thought they would have been right there with Hendrick.
0: 100%. And remember last week we were razzing, uh, Steve a little bit for getting BJ McLeod in the random picks (laughs) and BJ finished higher than my actual pick.
1: (laughs) That's not good.
2: And one of the things that surprised me was that clint boyer in the audio booth was in the broadcast booth was um dogging his former team and him and danica's former team and stored i mean they really struggled you had briscoe who was just you know really struggling to make it up to make it on the track and half the other Uh, Stuart Haas you didn't really hear about him at all the whole race so they didn't outside of Harvick struggled and then you had some of the other Ford's uh groups struggling it it was just a bad weekend overall it was kind of funny that the one Ford that actually looked promising for most of the race was Brad Kozlowski which you would have thought that
0: yeah and it seems like those RFK cars they're either really really hot or really really cold there's no in between there um we, should, we, we can't really go on without mentioning Chase Elliott missing the race. Broke his left leg, his lower left leg, while snowboarding in Colorado on Friday. Had surgery. Uh, he's going to be out an indefinite amount of time. They've not said where in the leg the break was, because that really impacts the, the recovery time. Um, certainly, wish he is back in the car sooner rather than later. But um, Josh Berry fills in, uh, and... I think does a pretty admirable job. He said after the race that by the end of the second stage, he was getting the hang of things. And then they had an issue where the throttle wasn't behaving like it should have been. And he, he limped at home. Uh, but what are you guys' impressions of, uh, Josh Berry's first time in a next gen car? He did have two prior starts with Spire back in 2021 in the old car. Uh, what do you guys think about Josh Berry's first trip in a uh, next gen ride?
1: i I agree with you. it was it it's it just, you know, he got it home, you know, f- finished the race, but it it's just a tough situation, especially the the timing. I mean, the news came out about Chase on Friday, and it's less than forty eight hours until the green flag. Um, it's it's a tough situation all around. And the last I looked, I know Bob Pockers from Fox Sports tweeted out that the NASCAR Rosser portal uh, was showing Josh Berry as the number nine for Phoenix. But then uh, just a little while ago before we started our podcast, he says the portals now has no driver listed for the number nine.
0: And they did release for, the, uh, the entry list, and it does have TBA listed in the nine okay. car as well.
1: I, you know, Josh is an admirable racer. We see what he does in the Xfinity series. You know, Dale Jr. is a, you know, big Josh Berry guy. Uh, we'll, we'll see who's in the car moving forward, but I thought he did fine uh, at Vegas.
2: And I feel like he would do better at Phoenix than, you know, a track like Vegas. I think he could he could perform better. He, you know, got his feet wet with the new car at Vegas. So if they do tra- choose to go with Barry it's also just like who else do you put in that car and I feel like Hendrick is in a tough spot because um it's the most popular driver you have Napa who's paying a lot of money for that sponsorship you have all of Chase's big sponsors I think you have to put a big name in it and you know I think you if you're Hendrick you ask Gordon if he can fill in at least one of the rods um uh just to bring some name recognition to that ride, because i mean sponsors paid a lot of money probably you know one of the highest you know the most expensive sponsors you can get in nascar so that'd be interesting to see if they try to get a big name for for one of the races you know if it's gordon i don't think it would be jimmy johnson now given the circumstances of him you know
0: co-owning a team so
2: it'd be interesting if it's not josh barry who is it because Noah Gregson would have been fun last year, but now he's got a full-time ride.
0: Well, that's a great point is Noah last year when he filled in for Alex Bowman, he at least had some experience in the next-gen car because he had been running a handful of races uh, in the college 16. That was kind of an all-star car last year. Now, uh, nobody in the, the Chevrolet pipeline, if you will, um, at least on the Hendrick side, you know, at JRM, Has any or has any uh, next gen experience besides this one race now by Josh Berry? Uh, You'd say that perhaps Justin Allgaier might deserve a shot. He's been the the fill in guy before. He filled in what was it? It was in Jimmy Johnson's car at the last uh, true Brickyard, uh, and had an unfortunate wreck on pit road right on the first uh, cycle of stops uh, that took him out of the race. But uh, I think that was in 2020, I believe. Uh, so maybe he's a candidate. I understand that part of the reason why he wasn't uh, in consideration last week is just he's a shorter guy, so it's going to be a lot more work for the team to get uh, to get his you know driver compartment situated compared to Josh and his height compared to, to Chase. Um, but I, I think Allgaier deserve you know, is it's worthy of consideration at least. Uh, Allgaier also has a great track record at Phoenix. I feel like. Uh, so it would be some worthy, worthy consideration. But after that, like, I don't know if you put Brandon Jones in that car, because again, he has no connection experience. Sam Mayer is just 19, 20 years old, so I don't think he's really a candidate. And um, Hendrick and, and the Chevrolet Pipeline, they don't have anybody like what Ryan Priest did last year with, uh, with Ford. He was kind of bouncing back and forth. He ran some truck races with David Gilliland. Uh, and he was kind of like the reserve driver for Stuart Haas and ran a race or two uh, with Rick Ware with that Haas Alliance. There's nobody like that in the, the Chevrolet Hendrick you know pipeline. So, I mean, unless they pull some sort of wild thing out of a hat, like a Jeff Gordon, like you mentioned, Dylan, Jimmy Johnson would be eligible because it, they changed the, the four-car rule, basically the Dale Earnhardt rule. That's how Denny is able to race on a four-car team and still own – part of 2311 so jimmy would be eligible mm-hmm. i don't know if he wants to do it all the time and to be honest i i think hendrick would probably rather have a single guy do it because it's less work for the crew having to adjust all that stuff week after week after week
1: how about uh, this is i mean a long shot uh one name that i saw today was Corey lajoy with mm. with spire and, now that
0: would be that would be the next closest thing that I would see as a uh, uh, somebody in the Hendrick esque pipeline because Hendrick and Spire have a pretty close relationship. Uh, that Nations Guard that you see on the Spire cars once in a while is one of Rick Hendrick's companies. Um,
1: then in the trucks, uh, they you saw how um, Hendrick cars Spire Motorsports. That's true. So I just I. He's, Corey, Corey's having a heck of a year as well. I mean, he's, he's been in the top 20, all three races. And that's, that's a big streak for Spire Motorsports. So I don't, that that's a name to look out for.
2: <laughs> yeah. I just, it's kind of fun. You know, what, what names could you see in that? Um, I, I think they're going to have to get a big name though. So I don't, I mean, Corey LaJoy, it would be interesting, and honestly, I think a lot of team owners want to see Lejoy in a car like that, because um, it might be you know free agent frenzy for him <laughs> if he does well in that car. He's going to have, you know, stuart coming after him. He's going to have
0: teams that have open rides are going to want to, you
2: know, have Corey LaJoy if he if he is successful if he fills in for the nine.
0: It's, it's a good thing you brought up, Corey LeJoy, Jake, because it's, I, I wanted to mention this. Uh, our friend Ryan at I Fantasy Race on Twitter uh, says, if you take out last year's uh, Talladega race in the fall, go from the Bristol night race to now, take out the Talladega race where he, ha- he crashed out early in the race and finished 35th, LeJoy's average finish is 17.8. i say that's casual. pretty dang good yeah. given the equipment he's in.
1: There's, I mean, he he's a storyline this year, and and it just shows you you know the talent, and he almost won in, at Atlanta last season. I mean, he was that close with battling with Jace Elliott, but I hats off to that team so far, and they're they're rolling. Unlike some of the some of these other teams, like we we mentioned chase briscoe and Stuart haas i mean some of these cars are just they're struggling i mean chase briscoe through three races have an a- has an average finish of about 28th and you look at a team like Corey lejoy and spire that are, are getting the most out of their equipment that's for sure
0: 100 percent. but you think about last year i don't think briscoe had a super hot start in the first races either and he comes it, out and wins phoenix spring race
1: exactly that's the, the one we're talking about right now um so you you don't know, and and it, I think that's the beauty with this with this next gen. It, it really it really is, you know, even the playing field, say you will, and and a little little closer, and it it makes the races a lot of fun and kind of unpredictable.
2: Yeah, it's really re- it's really week to week. I think because yeah. Fords could come out and dominate this week, but at the same time, it was really cool to see. The the cars that were consistent last year, you know, the Chase Elliotts, the Ross Chastains, and really the Denny Hamlin. I mean, he he was consistently you know at the top, but it was I think cool to see, you know, especially Chase and Ross just be consistent at every track, while there were other drivers who would you know dominate at certain tracks and then really struggle at others. Uh, I think it kind of brought back that that you know we've talked about this on the on every episode really just the beauty of the next gen car. It kind of makes it feel more old school, you know, Mm -hmm. bringing drivers back to their roots and, you know, what their, their skill sets that tater caters to their, their skill sets.
0: I just looked it up and, uh, the only thing that a Toyota has won all year so far was the clash. Martin Truex jr. Duel 1 was won by Joey Logano. Duel 2 was won by Eric Almirola. The 500, of course, by Ricky Stenhouse. Last week at, uh, at Fontana was Kyle Busch. And then yesterday, William Byron. Um, perhaps Toyota is due. And 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 we mentioned wildcard. The biggest wildcard of all is they have this new low downforce package that nobody has really run with a big group of cars out there uh, until this coming Friday when they get a 50 minute practice session.
1: Certainly. And how about the, the highest finishing Toyota this week was bubble Wallace snuck in the, the top five at the end on that restart. And, and uh, man, the restart at the end of that race uh, really bit true X and Hamlin the wrong way. Of course, true X decided to stay out and he, he fell back a little bit. Hamlin, fell way back out of the top 10, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad that uh, we're getting these cars out for practice a little more and um, being able to, you know, see what everyone has and, and getting them out practice qualifying and, and going to Phoenix. (laughs) It it really, it, this, this one is tough, tough to predict after what we've seen the last couple of weeks. Um, It really I could see a whole handful of drivers really, really taking it over in any manufacturer, really.
2: And you mentioned Toyotas from the last race and somebody that we haven't really talked about at all. And I think it's because he's struggled so far this year has been Tyler Reddick. I think that's really surprising Mm -hmm. how that team as a whole was just struggled. Uh, So, so that's interesting. If he could, you know, write the strip, write it, write it, write the ship this week. Um, and I don't really think he's the best at a Phoenix-type track, but this would be a big one. they got to get some, some momentum because they're really struggling.
0: Yeah, I mean, they had to change an engine on Saturday morning right after the uh, the warm-up for practice and weren't able to practice or qualify. It's been one thing after another with that 45 team. But I think, you know, as we look ahead to Phoenix, they have this new package out where they're taking away some parts of the diffuser, they're taking away some parts of the underbody right in front of the engine right behind the engine and then they're lowering the spoiler um, they they say it's going to re- be a reduction of about 30% of horsepower it's like a or sorry a 30% of downforce so 30% downforce remo- uh, taken out there i think is going to make things awfully slick and so this could be an opportunity for a couple of toyota drivers to really show out cuz i think they're this is going to really play in the hands of the guys who have a lot of experience on dirt. Cause it's going to be, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be as loose or slick as what we've seen in other cases uh, with the different cars and stuff throughout the generations. But just as a, uh, a, a, com- a comparison, like week to week, you know, these guys are going to be so used to everything being like super glued down and so much grip to so now they're going to go to Phoenix. and I think it's going to feel way looser to them than what they're used to, even though it, on a, you know relative scale on a relative scale even though subjectively it might not be all that loose but you look at some dirt guys who might be a you know some favorites there and two of them are in toyotas it'd be tyler reddick and christopher bell
1: like dylan said there reddick desperately needs a good run he he was he was fine at Vegas, and then it just it was a one issue after another team. Then it would drop them a little bit further back in the field. As far as Phoenix goes, uh, I the championship's been there for the last, past several years. The track to me, it, it those races though have not been the most entertaining at all. So I, I hope that we can kind of figure this track out, especially with it hosting the championship race um but it, I'm 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 really looking forward to, to this weekend just because I I really don't know you know like I like I just said any manufacturer I think can go out and win I you know it wouldn't shock me to see you know Christopher Bell who who finished in what I think fifth uh, after all that at at Vegas he had some some own issues he had a good race it wouldn't surprise me to see him up front.
2: Yeah, and if it's going to kind of be what the next gen's turned into, which is, you know, this is different though, with being so low down force. Um, but you got to go to your flat track aces. So mm-hmm. my mind immediately thinks um, when we're talking about flat track aces, Eric Amarola, but that team struggled so much this year, Chase Briscoe, but that team struggled so much. Ryan Priest right there. Three guys on one team and Stuart, Stuart Haas that are all good at short flat tracks. You know, this might be their week to, you know, write right their ship. Another name well, plus, you look out well, for the king,
0: oh. the king of Phoenix right there on that team, Kevin, Kevin Harvick.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good point. And then you have Bowman, who was good there early in his career, kind of his hometown track. Um, you know, can he rise to the occasion it's going to be really interesting I think fans if they're not interested in it I think they should because this is going to be fun and something new and maybe entertaining because of all the drivers figuring it out as they go along in the race
0: I certainly think most folks are optimistic for this new package but there's also I think some caution to be had there because what if it is a complete disaster nobody knows for sure i think they have a good idea they tested with this um the this kind of idea package uh right before the season started so they have an idea that it is somewhat raceable but we don't know what it's going to be like when we get 36 cars on the track what if it is a total disaster and they're like oh my gosh this is awful we have to get this figured out before we come back in november for the championship race
1: Yeah, I I certainly certainly hope it's not a disaster, but it's kind of like it's just kind of there's only one way to find out, and you got if they think that this is the correct package, then roll the dice and get them out there. It could could be amazing. We just we just don't know, and it's it's a storyline this weekend.
2: Can it be even? Can it be worse than what it was? Though that's the that's yeah. the thing. I mean, it was that. Tr- it's been bad on short tracks. So the good news is, I'm looking at the weather. Looked at the weather forecast for this week. It looks warm. It's gonna be in the 80s. Shouldn't have any weather concern. Winds look really calm. So typical Phoenix. You know, warm, slick track. So we going not be dealing with the Martinsville frigid cold temperatures that uh like william byron dealt with last year when he dominated that race it'll
0: be a uh, super easy uh place for you to work dylan yes Good morning phoenix it's gonna be hot
2: (laughs) hot and it's gonna be dry and then then once a year it'll rain (laughs) one season that's all you get
0: so yeah, so the, the short track package that's uh, coming out for this year, making its debut uh, this coming week at Phoenix, um, I think it it, it shows, it's going to be very interesting. I, I normally, you know, I watch like the practice slash qualifying when they're together and stuff. Uh, normally, if they're like separated out, I don't bother watching practice. I didn't watch any of the Daytona 500 practices, you know, after the duels or anything, but this is one fifty-minute session. I'm going to try my best to watch because it's going to to give a, a very good barometer for how the racing is going to be. I think come Sunday.
1: And I I, I did notice that it is uh, practice is on Friday evening, and then qualifying on uh, Saturday. Arca is also in the mix this weekend, and
0: Arca West, but, yeah,
1: yeah. But you're you're right that. Um, it, there, there'll be a ton of information and uh, I'm sure race fans and, and, and I'm sure, you know, the sports books will adjust and fantasy. If, if you have any, any skin in the game this weekend, you want to pay attention to this practice and, and see what the drivers are doing and and hear what they are saying about this new package.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. It's sometimes, with the way they've changed practices so much. I know uh, a Ross Chastain interview really sticks out to me is that he would talk about he didn't even want to get a long run in practice because, you know, he w- he wants to feel how his car feels after 10 to 15 laps. And then that's his method to his madness to figure out how they can make it on the long run. Uh, so I think we're not going to be dealing with that kind of gamesmanship in this practice where you're going to see, what people have and what they don't have and what the issues are. So I'm definitely going to want to be tuned in should be entertaining practice. <laughs> so let alone and the race. 50
0: minutes is a long time at, uh, at Phoenix. It's not like, you know, a Daytona 50 minutes. You get, you know, basically a lap a minute. You can get a couple laps a minute there at Phoenix. So big opportunity to get laps in. Um, is there anything else we want to hit on today, guys, before we get to our picks for uh, our Phoenix race?
1: I think one thing uh, in my notes that, a driver we haven't mentioned, and I'll give a shout out to, is Daniel Suarez. He 100%. is a, a, uh, Suarez and Alex Bowman, only drivers that have finished all three races in the top ten. He's fourth in the points. I mean, and and Chastain is first. Look at look at Trackhouse. I mean, shout outs to Daniel Suarez.
2: Yeah, that team. I mean, Clint Boyer constantly mentions it in the booth, but. Yeah. It's a good point that that team is not having a slump this year. They if anything have gotten better and are right up there. You know, maybe they're not at Hendrick's le- Hendrick level in terms of, you know, they don't have the re- the complete resources, but they are finishing with them and running with them very equal um, outside of, you know, the Hendrick domination this past week. But they're right they were that next tier.
0: For our listeners, I'm currently in Nashville on a on a work trip. Uh, So, are you guys saying that I should pay a visit to Tussies, just a block down the street? Yes, definitely. I
2: I wish that they kind of talked about you know opening up a shop in downtown Nashville. It sounds like they're not going to be you know doing actual have one of their actual shops there, but they should still put, you know, a track house, something in downtown Nashville on Broadway. Um, I think that'd be really cool for fan interest. I
0: I did hear that Justin Marks, you know, the, the, the track house, I guess the marketing aspect of that business is based here in Nashville. Uh, And then the race shop is over in, uh, in, in the Charlotte area. Uh, But I agree with you. Like, you know, this is a great spot. And especially when they come back for, you know, the, the national super speedway race, that's just a little ways out of town. Like it would be a huge draw, you know, all these other teams to get an opportunity for any time they race at Charlotte to host fans at their shop and stuff. And the Wood Brothers always do it big whenever the the series hits Martinsville it would be a great opportunity for track house to, uh, to kind of showcase their spot here in Nashville.
2: And hopefully the short track (laughs) is coming back. Hopefully at the fairgrounds. Yeah
0: that's always a, uh, a hot button issue anytime I uh, you know watch the, uh, the the NASCAR reporters about you know the latest uh, what's going on with the, the fairgrounds and we'll probably get into that at some point at a later time uh, so if we're uh, we're kind of wrapping up here on the, this episode of cloudy with a chance of racing let's go ahead and get to our race picks we'll recap last week our actual picks uh, our friend Steve who's not with us tonight uh, won the, the weekend with Martin Shrek's Jr. finishing 7th, even after that, um, that no-tire uh, stay-out call on the last caution, uh, and he takes home top spot. Uh, close race between Jake and Dylan for second place. Jake takes it with Ross Chastain finishing 12th. Then Dylan has Ryan Blaney finishing 13th. And as we mentioned earlier, I had Joey Logano bringing up the rear with one solitary point, I am 36th place. So, uh, so I'll go ahead and go first with the uh, picks this week, since since my guy finished dead last, literally. And like I mentioned earlier, um, with this new low downforce, I'm looking at guys who can drive a race car really, really loose, and you know, pick a good line to make it work. And so I got to go with, and especially with the way that team's been performing this year, I think I'll go with Kyle Larson.
1: Ooh,
2: there we go. That's a good pickup. He, when he won the championship there, he looked great. Uh, So that's, that's that's exactly what I
0: thought. It was like, you know, I thought back to that 2021 championship race there in Phoenix that he won. And that was the last race with the old style car, which was a low downforce package. It had a little bitty spoiler on it, narrower tires, bigger, uh, more horsepower in the engine it's basically what they're going back to here. Not a lot of downforce, still not as much horsepower and still the lighter tires, but it's going to take, you know, a I mean drive. I think more. So- right.
2: Yeah. I think the it's going to take
0: a, a much more similar drive to win this race. Now. It's going to take a similar drive as 2021 to win this race than what it did last year. Agreed. So, so, the next lowest finisher was Dylan, so uh, go ahead and make your pick.
2: I'm going with uh, Martin Truex Jr. I think we talked a little bit earlier, Toyotas, is this their time? Um, you know, Truex... He did win
0: on a flat track out in, out in L.A.
2: Out in L.A., he, he performed well last year, which may not carry over well to this year, but um, I think, think Truex, he was... You know, right around he was a middle of the pack, middle of the top ten kind of performance this past week at Vegas, but it's nothing like Phoenix. I I think um, that based on what he looked like last year and based on how he looked at um, the Coliseum for the clash, that's that's why he's my pick.
0: Worth noting that they didn't run this low downforce package at the Coliseum. Yep. So I think it'll be interesting, especially from his perspective or, you know, Kyle Busch ran well at the Coliseum to kind of get their their comments comparing how it races now versus what it did. What a month ago with the the higher downforce. Granted, speeds are much different. You know, I understand that, but I think it'll still be interesting to get a little comparison there. Jake, uh, you're up after your uh, 12th place finish with Ross Chastain last week.
1: Well. I will go back to the well. I guess hopefully he finishes better than 12th. I'll pick Ross Chastain again.
0: Interesting choice.
1: And you look at his results last year here in the spring, he finished second, and then the, he was in the championship race. Um, and he finished third. I think that this team is knocking on the door. We just mentioned how well they're doing. Chastain's first in the points right now for what, what that's worth. Yeah. Um, in the actual points. But, um, <laughs> I, I, I think, I think this team is, is, uh, is really hit the ground running and I will go with the Chevrolet. It's
0: good. So we got two Chevys and a Toyota so far, Steve texted us his pick and he is going with the King of Phoenix, uh, Kevin Harvick, which not a bad choice. I mean, Kevin Harvick, has won at Phoenix so many times with a lot less downforce. It's been noted he said it over and over again that he, he can't figure, he hasn't been able to figure out the next gen with all the downforce. So maybe taking some downforce away will make a big difference for Happy. Uh, let's go over to our random picks. In I, our will recap say, last.
2: I will say one thing on that. If Stuart Haas doesn't perform well this week, then there's big issues there because it seems like they should. Based on of how the style their drivers are, what kind of package they're getting, if they don't perform, something's wrong there, and I think that's the storyline going forward. I
0: I did forget to update our point standings uh, in our actual picks uh, before we started. So with his uh, seventh place finish with Martin Trucks Jr. last week, Steve has taken the lead at 112 points, followed 14 points behind by Dylan with 98. Jake is just a point behind with 97 and with my one solitary point from Joe Logano, I am now bringing up the rear uh, with 80 total points. So I have some work to do there. Let's go over to our random picks where uh, last week Jake took or had, he didn't know I take, he was given uh, Ryan priest finished 23rd, got him 14 points. Dylan had uh, Austin Dylan who finished 27th and, as I mentioned earlier, a very surprisingly struggled struggle bus day for the uh, the number three crew. There, uh, twenty seven points earns Austin Dillon ten points, or twenty seventh position earns Austin Dillon ten points. Steve uh, had BJ McLeod, who finished thirty second, so four points, four spots better than my actual pick in Joey Logano. Uh, Steve got five points for that one, and I was given uh, uh, Bubba Wallace. So I have. Uh, a fourth place finish there and 41 total points. So that makes the total point standings. Uh, I'm up to a huge lead somehow. It's, it's really through three top five finishes to start the year uh, with 145 points. Steve is in second with 71, so more than half or less than half of uh, of my total. Dylan is third with 62, just nine points behind Steve. And Jake, just like last year, Bringing up the rear with 47 points. Goodness. Jake's been a middle of the pack guy. <laughs> He's has an average finish of what, like 24 and a half or something like that? Yeah, 24, I got
1: third? 24 26, and 23.
2: So I don't know. Basically driving for Sword Hawks this year.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see if it'll show me real quick. Uh, the average finish of 24 for Jake, and I have an average finish of like 3.75 or something like that, with a fourth, a third, and a fourth. Uh, so,
1: and I, I, I had Blaney last week, and it's one of those things. Like you, you know, when when you pick Logano, if it just had had a bad day, and it it hurts.
0: One hundred percent. So let's go ahead and get the uh, uh, the spinny wheel going. Steve will get his pick first, since he finished last of the group with um, B.J. McLeod. So it's spinning around. For Steve here, and it lands just ticked over. It was on Logano, and then it ticked over to Ryan Blaney. Hmm. So Steve gets the twelve car, and that this could be an opportunity for the Fords to uh, to get out of their funk this week as well. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Who's next? Um, Dylan goes next after his twenty seventh place with uh, with Austin Dylan. Here we go with the spin. Three again. Oh, oh, you got so lucky, Dylan. It was on Austin Dylan, uh-huh. and then it slowed down onto Cody Ware, and then at the last second, ticked over onto Chase Briscoe.
2: Interesting. They're defending last winners. year's winner. Defending yep. <laughs> All
0: right, I will get a shuffle here, and then get Jake teed up.
1: Come on, get me out of here. No whammy, no
0: whammy, no whammy. 99, 51, 77, 54, three. Jake gets Austin Dillon. Oh man, that has the
1: 20s written all over it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, it could, it I don't could know, well at the Coliseum.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right, let's shuffle it up and I'll do my pick here. Spinning around, spinning around. 34, 9, 7, 43. Oh, no.
1: Uh-oh.
0: 78. BJ McLeod. <laughs> Austin Dillon and BJ McLeod, two straight weeks. Jeez. Yeah, so much for it being a random fantasy, I suppose. <laughs> I I guess I will say that uh, I, I was probably due to get somebody like BJ McLeod yes. after top five finishes the first three weeks. Yes, absolutely. That's so, the law of averages.
2: Your your top five
1: streak may come to an end this weekend,
0: <laughs> but what if BJ somehow figures it out with this low downforce?
1: <laughs>
2: Never Maybe he a gets little, one of those little, cars. Strategy
1: involved. Yeah. He's right up there.
2: Well, one of the cars yeah. they gave Priest. <laughs> well, I guess that was Ricker Racing, but
0: yeah, yes. <laughs> I could totally see you guys like going full rage mode if BJ McLeod finishes in the top five.
1: <laughs> like it would make no, nothing make for at all. Like
0: nothing against BJ at all. He he is an intimidating looking guy out of the car, but by all accounts, he is one of the nicest guys in the garage. Yeah. I uh, got I'd his love to have him on the show here.
2: Years ago, yeah, he's he was cool when I met him. Well, just passing. Yeah, yeah.
1: He, he does. He does so much in in NASCAR and racing in general. He's awesome.
0: Yeah. One of the yeah. good guys in the sport, for sure. So, a uh, big week ahead going to Phoenix, the site of the championship. It's going to be a big weekend for data gathering for each of these teams to get ready for uh, going back there in November to wrap up the season. Uh, guys, any closing thoughts before we wrap up this edition of Cloudy with a Chance of Racing?
1: I'm, I'm looking forward to another week. We're finally, you know, we're in the groove of the season the last one of the West coast swing. And it it's now officially, you know, become a grind for these teams. And then the point that Dylan made, I, I like about, you know, teams like a Stuart Haas, if they come out and they don't perform well here, then they might be in for a long season.
2: Yep. Uh, I agree with what you said. And, you know, can Hendrick, continue to perform can the toyotas show what they've got uh, can your typical phoenix favorites perform with this new package there's a lot of intrigue into this race so let's i hope it delivers
0: 100 we'll be watching this sunday or this weekend overall and hope you all do as well thank you so much for listening to this edition of cloud of the chance of racing if you like what you've heard be sure to subscribe leave a comment rate it on your favorite uh podcast platform share it with a friend we would love to uh to get as many listeners as possible and and we are thankful for you that do listen and hopeful that you uh you share it uh with your friends so for dylan and jake i'm braxton thank you so much for listening this week we'll be back next week with a new edition of cloudy with a chance of racing